You know, I figured since it was Friday and I watched my man Shannon Sharp. I mean, I'm not talking about just Shannon Sharp, but Chris Canty in the house, Swaggoo and all of this other stuff. Everybody been talking. But there's one person that's been talking about the wardrobe. He's been talking about how fly he looks, no matter what he wears. And that's my man, R.C. Ryan Clark. And I have to confess, I have to confess, the brother was looking fly in some of these things. So guess what I went out and did, everybody? You check, you check out the look right you. here. You check out Two the look right here. Do you see? Do Two you see times. me? Do you see me? That's I, 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 all I'm trying to say. You know When's what? The album dropping? Here's the deal, fellas. Don't hate. Emulate. That's what I did. RC, I this is dedicated to it. you, my brother. First takes in the house. Holla at you, boy. Whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Good day, everybody. Welcome to First Take on a Feel Good Friday. I am crewed up. I mean, look at this. I got my guys with me. Chris Canty, a little flex. Remember that ring? 2011. Okay, okay. RC, so good to have you in studio. I never get to see you in studio. It's always, you know, remote. So I saw you guys yesterday, though, when I was at Desmond's house. Yeah, that was. I was thrown off by that because I was like, where are they right now? You were at Des's house. I was. Is he on the pivot today? Oh, sick. Okay. Today, yeah. Okay, perfect. Love it. SA, how are we feeling this morning? How, how's I'm the weather in LA? I, 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 I'm doing wonderful. Well, the weather in LA isn't great, but it isn't the weather in New York. I mean, I've been having a wonderful week. The only hiccup Good. was watching the Lakers last night get destroyed by the Phoenix Suns, but that's something we'll talk about at a later date. RC, why, 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 why are you always sitting in Machi? Why are you always sitting in Machi? He's never <laughs> on the opposite side of the table, he's hey, always man. in that seat. What's up, Stephen man? A. You got enough job. You feel hey, the pressure? All I want you to know, man, is it's an honor to sit in your seat. And what I will never do is betray you because we see how that goes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You better <laughs> ask somebody. <laughs> On full blast. Oh, my goodness. This man, Stephen A., you are wild. And speaking of wild, we got a huge show. We're covering all the top games for the Super Wild Card Weekend. But first, we start with breaking news out of New England. Gentlemen. That was fast. The Patriots named their new head coach 24 hours after agreeing to part ways with Bill Belichick and after 24 seasons in six Super Bowls. My goodness. New England goes in-house and tabs linebackers coach Gerard Mayo as the franchise's 15th head coach. The Patriots were able to forego the standard NFL hiring process and immediately hire Mayo because they had established a succession plan in the contract extension he signed last offseason. Mayo has spent his entire career in New England going back to when he was drafted 10th overall. That was back in 2008. He spent his entire playing career with the Patriots and has been their linebackers coach since 2019. Now, he's Bill Belichick's successor, becoming the youngest head coach in the NFL. Huge congrats to Gerard Mayo on the major news. Stephen A., I'll start with you. What's your reaction to this hire? I, I, I don't know if the word ecstatic um, oh, wow. really, really puts into perspective how I feel right now. Um, to see this get, uh, the credentials are there. He's been a linebacker's coach, but let's look at him as a player for a second here. He's a Super Bowl champion, obviously, okay? Former All-Pro, former NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, okay? We got all of that, led the team in tackles in 2010. Here's the thing that stands out in my mind, uh, CC and uh, RC. Seven consecutive seasons, 
as the team captain. Mm. Seven consecutive seasons. When you think about your playing for Bill Belichick, and seven consecutive years, you're a team captain. That says something to me about your character. It says something to me about your football acumen. It says something to me about your leadership ability. And the fact that this succession plan was put in place last year, which allowed them to forego the standard NFL hiring process, I think it speaks volumes about Robert Kraft, who I know obviously very well. It speaks volume about Bill Belichick. This, this doesn't happen, y'all, if Bill Belichick doesn't set up Gerard Mayo to be his successor. So on this particular morning, I want to give major props to both Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft and the New England Patriots hiring the first black coach, head coach in the history of the franchise. I'm touched by this personally. I'm, obviously, I religiously point out the paucity of African-American coaches uh, in the world of football, particularly on the NFL level, even though it's more so of a problem on a collegiate level. But today is a, is a good day, and I'm very, very happy for Gerard Mayo. I'm looking forward to watching this man show what he can do. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to first acknowledge the departure uh, from what Robert Kraft typically does when he makes a coaching hire, right? The previous three coaching hires were all previously head coaches in the National Football League, Bill Parcells, Pete Carroll, and Bill Belichick. This is a little bit different, and when you look at Robert Kraft's willingness to change and adapt to the times, I think that's significant to acknowledge. A lot of the early reporting around this emphasized the importance of being able to have somebody that can communicate to the players in the locker room. And I'm not saying that Bill Belichick has necessarily lost his touch, but when you're trying to re um, restart the program and you're bringing a lot of young talent in there, it's important to have somebody that can lead those young people. Gerard Mayo, 37 years old, follows the trend that we're seeing in the National Football mm -hmm. League with hiring a lot of young coaches. Kyle Shanahan, Zach Taylor, Kevin O'Connell, Sean McVay, just to name a few of them. That is what organizations are leaning toward nowadays. And it's good to see that Robert Kraft is willing to make that change in terms of how they do business. But if you look at the three previous head coaches that he's hired, there's no reason to think that Robert Kraft won't have the infrastructure in place to allow Gerard Mayo to develop into a very good head coach. And the conviction that Robert Kraft had to stay with his succession plan in Gerard Mayo, regardless of what was going on in the coaching landscape with Mike Vrabel recently mm -hmm. becoming available, to me, that gives me even more confidence that this is going to work out favorably for New England. The big thing is, right, when you look at this hire, this is about hiring Gerard Mayo the person first, right? We understand who he has become as a coach and what he meant to that defense as the linebackers coach. And to have this succession plan when he was not a coordinator says this isn't all about the X's and O's. This is about relationships. This is about understanding that this is a man that can have players come into his office and he can relate to them. He can have players come into his office and bear their souls and what they're dealing with, not only as players, but as people. Because that's the world that NFL football teams are moving into. That's the world that these organizations are now living in. I, I believe that's the world that retired Nick Saban. There's a different level of entitlement that these young men have. There's a different level of communication that these young men desire. And when you have a 37-year-old Gerard Mayo who understands what it's like to be in the locker room, you feel like he can relate to him. Now let's think about the other piece. Let's not forget, he did learn under the greatest head coach of all time. 
not only as a player, but as a coach. He's gotten to see what that sort of consistency looks like, what that sort of discipline looks like, what that sort of effort looks like. But not only get to see it work, he's gotten to see what hasn't worked the last right. three or four years. And so now if he can be his authentic self when he wears this new hat and take some of those things that he's learned from the GOAT to apply to the way that he coaches his football team, I believe he has an opportunity to be successful. But let's not rem- let us not forget, it also matters who they hire as general manager because I believe part of Bill Belichick's fall was the players that he acquired well, on this team as well. Hold on, Molly. Well, a couple of things. Number one, ain't nowhere to go but up. When you're talking about in terms of uh, what you're picking is from a GM spot in terms of evaluating talent, ain't no way to go but up. I mean, they're playing with house money right now. Robert Kraft and, you know, they're playing with house money. They'll be just fine. The other point that I wanted to make, Mike Tomlin, Hantham, Newport News, Virginia native. So is this brother, this brother, Gerard Mayo. Two Hampton, Newport News, Virginia natives in the National Football League as head coaches who happen to be black. And if you're taking if you're learning anything from Mike Tomlin and what he's going to bring to the table, I think this is this is this is called upward mobility. Certainly not questioning the greatness of the coach that is Bill Belichick, but clearly a change needed to be made. It happened. And I think this is going to be a culture change to some degree as well. Stephen A., real quick, this is just what I wanted to ask you. Obviously, we've been talking about you don't want to be the guy after Bill Belichick. You want to be the guy after the guy because it's huge shoes to fill, the greatest mm-hmm. coach of all time. But do you feel like there'll be a little bit of a longer leash, a little bit of less pressure? Yes. Being that he's the youngest coach ever and in coming up the ranks? Yes, but that's not the reason why. The reason why is because the New England Patriots, for the most part, have stunk for the last four years. You see, if if Bill Belichick retires or goes elsewhere at the time Tom Brady leaves and you're a Super Bowl champion, then after that you lose in the playoffs, okay? And that's what you're literally piggybacking off of immediately, then that would be different. But because we've seen how moribund they've been, particularly over the last two years and three of the last four years, then I think that if you're Gerard Mayo, you're in a good situation situation, especially after this season, how porous they look this season, to piggyback off of that, I think, buys him a a, a little latitude. And also, too, let's not forget about what we've seen with the Pittsburgh Steelers, where a Bill Cowher follows a Chuck Noll. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike Tomlin follows a Bill Cowher. You cannot – nobody's Bill Belichick. Yeah. But you can have a coach succeed – a great coach, and also find a way to be successful. And I believe that a guy like Gerard Mayo is set up to do that in New England. That's a great point. All right, we'll keep it rolling, guys, here, because it's Wild Card Weekend, and it kicks off this Saturday. Let's get it with two surprise names. The rookie, C.J. Stroud, who has taken the league by storm. He's been so fun to watch. Joe Flacco making a comeback in Cleveland. Who would have thunk that? That one's Saturday night at NRG Stadium, where we just left for uh, the national championship game. And here's a look at the full slate of Wild Card Weekend. So tomorrow night, the Dolphins travel to freezing cold Kansas City. Monday night football on ESPN. ESPN and ABC features the Bucks and Eagles. RC, you'll be at that game, right? And Unfortunately. And Jordan Love <laughs> is making his playoff debut as the Packers visit Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. All right, I'm going to start with you here, Canty. Who will have the better postseason debut? Do you feel like it's Love or Stroud? I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud, and that's not a knock on Jordan Love. Jordan Love, since week 11, has been the best quarterback in the NFC. 18 total touchdowns to one interception. So the guy has been phenomenal. 
but I'm also looking at the opponents that they're going up against and specifically the defenses. The Cleveland Browns defense on the road is absolutely trash. They have the worst <laughs> scoring defense on the road in the National Football League. Conversely, the Dallas Cowboys defense at home, third best scoring defense in the NFL. It's a top five outfit with arguably the best defensive player in all of football in Micah Parsons. And also, success in the postseason is going to be determined by experience and what's around you. The Houston Texans have the oldest roster in the National Football League. Conversely, the Green Bay Packers have the youngest roster. So give me C.J. Stroud, the supporting cast around him, and based on the defenses that they're going to be playing against. I'm going to go with love, and I think the last part refutes your argument. If if C.J. Stroud was going against somebody other than the Cleveland Browns, you might have me. Uh, but in, 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 this, in, in this particular instance, I'm not feeling that right now. Even though Dallas could get to the quarterback, the reality is, is that you're talking about a guy in Jordan Love who's the second leading uh, uh, pass in terms of touchdown passes to Dak Prescott this year with 32 touchdowns. He's thrown for over 4,100 yards this season, okay? When you talk about ranked seventh among all quarterbacks in passing yards, the brother has been balling, like you said, since week 11. When we talk about the Green Bay Packers, what we lament is the state of affairs defensively. I think Dallas is going to drop like 40 or 45 on them. That's what I think the problem is. I, 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 listen, I, I could see Green Bay scoring over over 30, but I can see Dallas scoring over 40. I don't think this defense can stop a cold. That's how I feel about Green Bay's defense. And because of that, I expect Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb to have a big day. But when we're talking about Green Bay, I'm looking at Jordan Love and how he's been flinging that football and these young bloods that he's throwing the ball to. I got to give credit where credit is due. What am I worried about with C.J. Stroud? I know his talents are big time. I know he's absolutely special. But he is going up against an elite defense. I mean, that is not something to sneeze at when you're looking at the Cleveland Browns. It's something special. And so I look at it from that perspective, and I say even though C.J. Stroud, to me, is somebody that I like a little bit more than love, even though I've been impressed with love, it's the defenses that they're going against that has me leaning towards love. You know what? I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud, although I think both of these young men are going to play well this weekend. And here's why I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud. You were right with all the stats that you mentioned, and you even pointed out that the Cleveland Browns statistically are a better defense than the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. The one thing – see, Stephen A., you know what makes you great? You said it, right? You're brilliant because you know I'm you're not. not. And you great. listen, but you ain't That's listen right. to Chris. Cleveland at home, absolute dogs when playing in front of the dog pound. Cleveland on the road, they ain't that good. They just aren't. And Denzel Ward got banged up in practice this week. And by oh, the way, C.J. Stroud oh. is just absolutely phenomenal. The dude plays with the ultimate poise, the ultimate composure. And what he's going to be playing against is a guy in Joe Flacco that's been playing YOLO football offensively. <laughs> yes, he's pushed the football down the field. We've seen this team be explosive. They also lead the league in turnovers since he became the starting quarterback. So you mean to tell me you might give C.J. Stroud extra possessions and short fields as well? And all he's done the entire year, he's had two hiccups. He had a game where he threw three interceptions at home, and they won. And he had the New York Jets game where he struggled in the weather, right, and he was knocked out by a concussion. Other than that, this dude has been dang near perfect. And you tell me, when's the last time you had a team with a rookie quarterback be the best team in all of ball when it comes to turning the football over? That's how different C.J. Stroud has been at the position from a leadership standpoint 
and from a pure playing standpoint. And I expect that he'll be composed this week. I expect that he'll play well this week. And the last time we mm-hmm. were all sitting here like, ooh, right. look at the defense right. CJ right. Stroud is playing. <laughs> right. Was the college football playoff last year against right. the Georgia Bulldogs, who was okay. supposed to have the best defense in the land. And what did mm-hmm. CJ Stroud do? Go oh. out and shred him. May I retort? And I expect to see that. Yeah, you can retort. May, may, may I retort? Because retort let me tell you something. Right, let me tell you something right now. You got you to be watch, watch your mouth for us. See, I watch everything. I watch everything. <laughs> I watch you on the pivot. I watch you inside the NFL. I watch you on Monday Night Football. I watch you on NFL Live. I know all your jobs, so I'm watching you. <laughs> Chris Ganty, you my brother. You've been my brother for years, Big CC. I listen to you too. You understand when I turn on the radio in the morning, I know what the hell I'm doing. And I, and not only that, you know I'm a listener. Because I even take the time to listen to that damn Jeff Saturday, a.k.a. Sergeant Friday, who's a born hater when it comes to my A-list. But that's a different subject for another day. My point is this. All of y'all at some point over the last few weeks, RCCC, mentioned the fact that what is C.J. Stroud's problem? Solving man coverage. He's big time against zone. But against the against man coverage, that's a different animal. What he ranks 27th against man coverage. QBR declines to 35.1. Oh, by the way, what do the Browns do? They run man man man. coverage at the 10th highest rate in the National Football League. Y'all didn't bring that up. You see how I said I'm listening? (laughs) I do know I'm brilliant because I'm not. (laughs) I listened and I heard all three of y'all, not one, not two, all three of y'all. Over the last several weeks, mention that. But just because you're giving a soliloquy to oppose my argument, you left that nugget out. Why are you sound that like Birdman? All right, 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 right. All three of y'all. All three of y'all. Stephen A., let me ask you this. Game yeah. on the line. Yeah. One score to win it all. Who do you trust? Ooh. Well, if it's that close, Molly, I'm going with C.J. Stroud. I get where you're coming from with that. Um, you know, I'm saying to you, I know how much of a big talent he is. The only reason I'm going with love in this particular situation is not because I think he's better than C.J. Stroud, because I think C.J. Stroud is a superstar in the making. It's just that I'm looking at Cleveland's defense, particularly man coverage and how problematic it could be for this rookie come playoff time, and that is what that's what I'm holding on to, and that's why I went with love. I actually have a question for Chris. Chris, think about where we are in asking this question, though. Who's going to have the better weekend, Jordan Love or C.J. Stroud? What does it say about both of these young men that from the start of the season, what we projected these teams to be and these players to be, that they're in this position and we still think that both of them could play well? Well, I think it, it speaks volumes about the sports character of both of them and the leadership that they've been able to display. Let's not get it twisted. It was a rocky start for Jordan Love. It wasn't a great first half of the season, but in the second half he was able to turn it on, went 6-2 and over the final eight games, including wins over two playoff teams. So I think the intestinal fortitude that both of them have been able to show is impressive. C.J. Stroud, same thing. Think about the organization that he was stepping into. Only 11 wins total over the last three years, and you're talking about two one-and-done coaches during that span in Dave Culley and Lovey Smith. Yeah. Turning the page on all of the nonsense of the Houston Texans over the past two or three years was not a small task, but this guy has been able to do it. And you were talking about the first rookie head coach quarterback combo to make the postseason since 2012 with the Colts, Andrew Luck and Chuck Pagano. So I yeah. think it speaks to the mental toughness and the intestinal fortitude of both young and, quarterbacks. And, that, and that's what I think is, is great about this weekend, right? We're, we're starting to see a new era, 
Right, we, like, this is the first year that Peyton Manning or Tom Brady isn't in the playoffs since, like, 1998, mm -hmm. right? Bill Belichick is no longer with the New England Patriots. It's always, like, who is going to be next? And right now we're seeing with Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud that both of these young men and young quarterbacks seem to have next. And I think that's what's exciting for football, right? C.J. Well, Stroud was supposedly getting drafted into the worst position right. of any of the rookie quarterbacks, and right. he's turned it into, based on who he is, the best situation we've seen or the best successful output we've seen from any of these young QBs. Slight, slight, slight. I don't want to say disagreement, R.C., because I agree with what you're saying, but I'm not just excited about the young quarterbacks. I'm excited about the plethora of quarterbacks in the National Football League now that a Drew Brees, now that a Tom Brady has mm. stepped away, even with Aaron Rodgers being hurt. Let's take this into account. We got Patrick Mahomes, right? You, you, you brought up Love and you brought up Stroud. But Josh Allen is a stud. Yeah. Tua Tungavaloa is on the come up, and we know that he's had great moments to the point where he was an MVP candidate for the first mm -hmm. half of this season. We know we believe that Lamar Jackson, in all yeah. likelihood, is the league MVP. There is Patrick Mahomes. Look at how Dak Prescott has come on strong. Look at how Jalen Hurts was here last year, but now he's here, and I don't expect it to stay that way. I think once he's 100% and they get their things in order, I think that he'll resurrect himself to some degree. And then you look at a Brock Purdy, and you see yeah. how he's capable of performing, okay? I'm just saying, I'm looking around, and Justin Fields, he did elevate his level of play. I think that's why they kept Ibefluce in place, because I think they're going to keep Justin Fields. There's a lot of quarterbacks yep. in the National Football League right now, and, and listen, Deshaun Watson's going to come back, and hopefully he's going to resurrect his career. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Listen, the NFL is in a really, really good place, not just with young quarterbacks. It's the fact that everywhere you look, in practically every division, there's a big-time quarterback. That's what I'm loving about the NFL right now. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The Bucks are two-point favorites over the Texans, <clears throat> the Cowboys, seven-point favorites over the Packers. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X Card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. 
Giannis Damon, the Bucks blew out Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the Celtics last night, 135-102. Big deal or no big deal. Let's break it down, fellas. The Celtics trailed by 37 at half, making it the worst halftime deficit by a team with the best record in the NBA in the shot clock era. It's also the largest halftime deficit for the Celtics since 1967. Let's bring in my guys. There they are. Kendrick Perkins, Brian. Oh, you guys are with St Stephen A. You have, which yes. camera am I? Here we go. It's not my first time. Yes. You have friends with you. I, this is great. I love it. He my gets boys. the studio. He's, I know he's so happy right now. All right. Yes, hi, Perk. Hi, Wendy. Uh, Perk, I'll start with you. How concerned should the East be about the Bucks? <laughs> Can you hear him? Yeah, I can okay. hear <laughs> I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned at all. Listen, it was one game. The Celtics were coming off a back-to-back -back with an overtime win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm -hmm. They probably got in at 2, 2 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. The Bucks still have to prove to me that they could do this on a consistent basis. It was one game. Now, what I will tell you is I'm disappointed and pissed the hell off how Joe Missoula tapped out. At least give the starters a, a chance in the second half to cut the lead or get down by 20, you know, or make a run or whatever the case may be. But no one is fearing the deer. It's deer hunting season. Mm -hmm. It's deer hunting season. I've been eating yeah. cooked venison all year. It, it, this was such a egregious schedule loss. Yes. Um, not only was it their second night of a back-to-back -back after a overtime, overtime game. Overtime game. It was their fifth game in seven nights. And because of TV, they started the game early. Central Division, Central Time Zone early. It was mm -hmm. a strange uh, scheduling there. The, the Celtics have actually been pretty good on back-to-backs. They were five and one, but they weren't competitive in this game. And Perk, I think the players kind of agree with you. I think they were surprised at halftime when Joe Mazzulla said, "We're gonna, we're gonna pack it in." Think about the Bucks. This is an impressive win. They played well. I'm not taking anything away from them, but they are uh, a bottom ten defensive team. Mm -hmm. um, and when you look at them, they have a couple of significant problems. Number one, their perimeter defense gets shredded. Uh, you know, Dame Willard is just not Drew Holiday. That's not a revelation. I mean, he does. He's not. He's not Drew Holiday at the offensive end either. But they they are really down there defensively, and it's not just the perimeter defense, because their perimeter defense is so weak. Giannis and Brook Lopez, two of the best rim defenders in the league, have to come away from the basket, and so there's a cascading series of events that happens. There, all the Bucks players' defensive rebounds are down this year. Giannis is is down. Bobby Portis is down, mm -hmm. Brooke Lopez is down, because they got to come away from the rim to help. That means no, not as many defensive rebounds, not as much transition. You know, that's what Giannis does. He kills. He gets the ball and he goes in transition. He does that two fewer times a game. It makes a difference. And um, you look at the Bucks; they have the fewest transition points in the league, and they give up the most drives in the league. And I'm not sure how that's going to get fixed between now and the playoffs. I don't think there's a move they can, that they can make. So I think they're a potent team, but I actually think – in the wake of this Dame Miller trade, Stephen A., they're farther away from the championship than they were a year ago when they had the best defense and the number one overall seed. I agree with you, which is why I say, and I say it with no pleasure, I think Adrian Griffin might be a one-year head coach in Milwaukee. you got to fix this defense. You can't. They didn't, they didn't do all of this to not be in the championship picture. And you trade for Damian Lillard as well. Now, offensively, they're second behind the paces in points per game and field goal percentage shooting. They're second behind the Celtics in the league in three-point field goals made. But defensively, they've been porous. We all know that. That's an issue. This is the one thing that I want to bring up about what Missoula did last night because usually, normally, I would have a big-time problem with this. He pulled a Greg Popovich. 
But because of all the things you highlighted, I don't blame him. Second night of a back-to-back, overtime victory, fifth game in seven nights. You go out there, you shoot 0 for 10 from three-point range in the first half. You miss 16 of your first 17 three-point shots. You have no legs whatsoever. I'm saying to you, KP, as a coach, you can look at your team and go like this. Damn, they have nothing tonight. Because when you rest your starters like that, you don't see that often. You really, really don't. Now, if that was something that you were doing, you don't, you don't almost never see something like that. So the fact that he felt the need to do that, you put him out there in the first half, that kind of load, I'm not using the word load management in the right context, but that kind of rest doesn't bother me. When you rest guys and you don't play them at all, you travel into different cities and what have you, you don't play them and you rob in the audience, that's different. When you put them out there in the first half and they stink up the joint and they look absolutely spent and exhausted, then I don't mind. No, I mind. And, and look, it may work anywhere else around the organization, but damn it, we're talking about the city of champions. We're talking about Celtic pride. That's, we got zero tolerance for that. We don't tap out. We don't tap out. We're going to finish it to the end. You're going to have to make us in the fourth quarter make us believe that we don't have a chance of winning the game. That's what Celtic pride is all about. Now, number two, this is the only reason why I feel like a lot of the blame shouldn't be on Adrian Griffin. Okay. They don't have the personnel mm-hmm. to defend. You talk about Damian Lillard. We know Damian Lillard is not a top-notch defender. He has never been in his career. We thought that maybe playing for a championship and playing for meaningful games would have bought it out of him. That's not the case. Okay, now look at the others. Malik Beasley, he can't guard a park car. Pat Cuttington, can he guard anybody? Hell no. So the personnel is just not there. And see, this is the thing, right? Everyone everyone is so quick to say, oh, Giannis, he is one of the best defenders in the world. Giannis don't do what Anthony Davis does. And when I say what, he, what Anthony Davis do, Giannis is a hell of a rim protector, a guy that could chase down and block shots. But when it comes to his on-the-ball defense, defense, when you put Giannis in a pick and roll and get him on isolation, he get cooked by the best of them. They love picking on Giannis. So at the end of the day, I understand Adrian Griffin got to do a better job of you know, trying to put these guys in position to be successful defensively. I don't know. Hell, maybe you go zone. Mm-hmm. Maybe you put your pride away. Well, you, make, you, bring up a, you bring up a valid point when you're talking about him in that regard because you're saying it's about the personnel that he has to play with. What I'm saying, Wendy, is this. You were grown accustomed to having an elite defense when you were coached by Mike Budenholzer. Mike Budenholzer has always had a good reputation as a defensive-minded coach, whether he was in Atlanta or when he got to Milwaukee. It wasn't all just about having Drew Holiday available to him in the backcourt and Giannis in the large frontcourt. The man knows how to coach defense. And so when Giannis comes out there and Giannis is sitting up there literally saying, we need to be more organized. We need to get it together. He said he won't just talk about the plays, he's talking about the coaches. Repeatedly. When we had the incident, repeatedly. I was, I was the one that asked him that question at the in-season tournament. I, he went in. Like, we, we got to get it together. He the one wanted to do. No, I understand that. He wanted Dame, them. too. Like, he, you are dead right. <laughs> yeah, he but, wanted Dame but, and he what, wanted that. What he's talking about is when the Bucks get back in transition defense, because here's what the scouting report says. The Bucks can't defend you in transition. You get the ball and you go. They're disorganized. Last year – 
when they came back in transition, they knew what to do. This year they're disorganized. Is that a player's fault? Is that a coach's fault? I don't know. But that is the – now, you can argue in the playoffs the game's going to slow down and they'll have a better chance in the half court. That may be true. But right now it's not, it's not encouraging. We, we, last year at this time we were saying – think about this for a second. Last year at this time we all could agree that Giannis and Brooke Lopez was the best big tandem in the league, right? Okay. They're so far behind Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert right now on what they're doing on both ends of the floor is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, you might want to look at it, and that's another reason you might want to look at Giannis because from an inspirational perspective, Anthony Edwards is bringing out that dog and, and cat along with Rudy Gobert. He's having a positive effect on it because they look, they know they got a star on their hands in Anthony Edwards. Now, we know Giannis is already, but Milwaukee doesn't seem as together. Milwaukee is the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. One and four uh, against the Pacers. Number one is the Boston Celtics. Number two are the New York Knicks. Number three is the Philadelphia 76ers. And number four is the Milwaukee Bucks. Since the New York Knicks made the trade, yes, they have leapfrogged the Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not going that far. I am. I want to. I, I want to. I really, really want to, Wendy, but I'm not going that far. What's up, Molly? Uh, I'm just curious, Stephen A., do you feel like the league screwed this up then, having these two big-time teams play each other after a back-to-back? Yeah. I mean, the schedule makers, I mean, you, there's no other way to look at it because when Milwaukee and Boston go up against one another, you're looking forward to it. And if you've got Boston playing five games in seven days and they got Milwaukee on the second night of a back-to-back, you just know that that's going to compromise the quality of the product. That's see, just a fact. See, see this is where you get solved. Right. This is what you start to get soft. The old school Stephen A. wouldn't tolerate or wouldn't have uttered the words out of his mouth. The problem that I have is we just watch the Minnesota Timberwolves mm-hmm. land on game day mm-hmm. after playing the Orlando Magic right. in the Boston right. at 1 p.m. and take them into overtime. It's a mentality. I know what you're saying, Perk, but, you know, I watched the Phoenix Suns here in L.A. this week. On Monday, they played the Clippers second night of a back-to-back, and that was a short trip. They came from Phoenix. They, the dogs, they, they looked exhausted. Yeah, last night they played the Lakers. They have two days off. Here. <sighs> they don't have to travel. They're here in L.A. They came out. Took and by the way, them. yes, you are absolutely right. I will go hard. But there's a time and a place. <laughs> and last <laughs> night is not the time to get on the Boston Celtics, particularly since they are clearly the best team in the league. It was an aberration. It was a hiccup. Not, it it, that is, is not clearly Okay, do not that, forget that, that, about the clear. Denver Nuggets. They're not Oh, okay, clear. that's fair. That's okay. fair. They're Boston. Uh, keep uh, them in Boston check. Boston Denver. Boston and Denver. Right. Keep them in he, check. He, he can try, he can try yeah. Molly. He can try. Yeah. He can try. Stephen A. <laughs> picks and chooses so. when he goes hard in the paint. Yeah, I see what it is. All right, Sound Celtics like, and Bucks. Like one that. and two, so respectively, like in the <laughs> East. <laughs> hey, Kendrick yeah. Perkins, Brian Windhorst, please sit tight. I need you two again in the second hour. Maybe go get a little Starbucks, and I'll see you back in a little bit. I like the That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to recommend the I'm going to sit here and listen to you. Egg white bites, 170 calories. You might want to try no, the matcha no. latte. Listen Test to her. It out. Listen it's to good her. For you. I'm telling Nobody you. knows food better than mom. <laughs> listen to her. Listen to her. Okay, let's go. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create a video of everything I eat in the day, America. Book it, okay? Here we go. It's time for Sportsbooks Predictions. I'm trying to get people paid out here in these streets. Chris Canty back here with me. All right, so Chris, will Joe Flacco have more or less than 271 and a half passing yards against the Texans? 
Molly, I'm going to go less than that. And you got to throw the numbers out of the window from the Week 15 matchup with the Texans. They didn't have any C.J. Stroud. The Texans had to use two different quarterbacks, a couple of turnovers that led to points for the Cleveland Browns. So I'm going to go under that total. The Texans run the second most zone coverage of anybody in football. Joe Flacco is awful against zone coverage, a 34 QBR, three touchdowns to seven interceptions, including a couple of picks by that Texans defense. Well, I'm not saying he ain't going to turn the football over. I'm just saying he's going to throw more than 271 yards. He's going he to throw more than 272 yards. That's what I'm saying he's going to do. He might turn the ball over in the process, but he's going to get his as well. I think I, I, I'm, I'm going with the over here more. Okay. Okay, two chains. Uh, Chris, <laughs> will Tyreek, uh, will you have more or like less than 85 and a half receiving yards in frigid Kansas City? We know it's a tough place to play. Yeah, it's a tough place to play, and the weather's not going to help things, especially for the guy that leads the NFL in drops, double-digit drops this season for Tyreek Hill. I think Steve Spagnuolo will have a plan to shut him down. Those secondary players for the Chiefs are very familiar with him. They're the number four pass defense in all of football, that being the Chiefs. So, no, they're not going to let the number one option for the Miami Dolphins beat them. I'm going to go under. All right. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to beat them if you go over. I mean, he could have over 100 receiving yards and still lose, which I anticipate will happen. I'm going to go with the over here, but I want to say this as an aside, y'all. I am so happy that the Miami Dolphins are in this situation. You get what you deserve. You were in first place. I understand you had a plethora of injuries, but you still had the personnel. You blew some games. You never showed up on the road. And guess what the result is? Instead of playing in South Beach, you got to go to Kansas City, Missouri at Arrowhead Stadium in minus four degree temperature. Yeah. You reap what you sow. With you Taylor deserve Swift this. Go out yep. there and freeze. Maybe you'll take you'll be you'll you'll you'll, you'll prioritize winning regular season games more when you step on the road. Good for them. That was cold, Stephen. A little aggressive. Too. It's cold. Not as cold Very as it's going to be for them this weekend. Yeah. Not as cold as it's going to be for them this weekend. It's a little aggressive. I feel like it's personal because he wanted to go to Miami. Uh, Chris, how about Dak Prescott? More or less than 277 and a half passing yards versus the Packers? I'm going more on this one. Dak Prescott is second when it comes to average passing yards at home. Uh, I mean, he's throwing for over 308 yards per game at home. And so Dak Prescott is going to be leading an offense that is one of the best at home. They average 37 points a game, and Dak Prescott has the best QBR of any quarterback at home. So I'm going to go over 277 yards passing for Dak Prescott. I'm 56 years old. I got a questionable knee, and I'm wondering whether or not Green Bay secondary can stop me. So I know what C.D. Lamb is going to do to them. I mean, please, Dak Prescott's going to have a field day. He's going to have – they're probably 400-plus yards passing. CeeDee Lamb going to have damn near 200 yards receiving. And the Dallas Cowboys are going to drop 40-plus mm. on uh. Green Bay's defense. All right. I'm going Good. with the over. More. 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 Okay, cool. We finally More. agree on something. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. 
You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Two legends and two buddies embarking on a new chapter on the same day. Big shoes to fill in both Foxborough and Tuscaloosa. As for Nick in Alabama, one prospect to replace him was Dan Lanning, who has opted to stay in Oregon. So why did Saban decide to leave now? Here's the GOAT with our Reese Davis. I actually thought that uh, in hiring coaches, uh, recruiting players, uh, that my age started to become a little bit of an issue. People wanted uh, assurances that I would be here for three years, five years, whatever, and that got harder and harder for me to be honest about. And to be honest, this last season uh, was grueling. Uh, it was a real grind. Um, like I said, there's never a good time, uh, but I thought maybe this was the right time. All right, RC back here with us, Chris Canty. Stephen A., tell me this best fit to replace Saban? Who you got? Y'all gonna call me crazy, but I'm gonna say it again. Primetime Deion Sanders. I feel that way. He's probably mad that I'm gonna say it because he, you know, happy. I, I don't, me personally, nah. go ahead and be happy in Boulder, Colorado. Knock yourself out. I mean, I, God bless you, okay? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I,
I, I'm not going to cast any aspersions on Boulder, Colorado, but all I'm going to say is that I was there twice in my life, and the only time and the only reason for that was him, okay? And that's really what it comes down to. I would tell you this. Um, the reason why I feel that way is because I'm thinking about today's generation of players um, catching the pulse of the players. I'm thinking about NIL. I'm thinking about the transfer portal, which obviously were things that Nick Saban had some degree of a problem with. And then I'm thinking about Deion Sanders. He's got the top-ranked transfer class right now all right this is the second year that he's pulled that off and so when you look at it from that perspective the ability to recruit talent I think if you're going to replace the greatness of a Nick Saban it starts and ends first and foremost with being able to recruit and you can't tell me that for a big time program like Alabama somebody like prime time goes that goes there that you ain't gonna have athletes that will not follow because I felt that same way about them guys with Texas A&M I thought they should have went in that direction and you talk about Nick Saban imagine going from Nick Saban to prime time that's just me it's not gonna happen I know that but that's what I would say yeah, I mean, I, I like it, Stephen. I like the idea of it. I don't think the folks down in Tuscaloosa are going to go for it. They want more proof of concept. And then all of the things that you outlined are exactly right in terms of the traits that you're looking for, which is why I think the no-brainer is Kalen DeBoer. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's the guy that you have to go with. You've seen that he's won in the college football mm-hmm. playoff. He just won the Pac-12. Dan Lanning, who was mentioned in that job, beat him not once, but twice this season. And then you're talking about somebody who, as a coach, has a 104-12 record yep. across his three stops with Sioux Falls, Fresno State, and now Washington. This is somebody that's won three national titles at the NAIA level. And it's somebody that's also shown the ability in the portal to get it done, right? He got Michael Penix Jr. to come from Indiana. He got Jalen Polk to transfer in. You're also talking about somebody that was able to retain his own guy in Rome, Rome, Rome Odunze. So it's a situation where you've seen proof of concept that Kalen DeBoer can get it done. And with the resources that he would have at Alabama, as opposed to what he's working with in Washington, there's no reason to think that he can't continue the sustained success for the Alabama Crimson Tide. You know what? I don't even care what the topic is. I want to talk to all you Louisiana folks (laughs) who was driving around Louisiana all in Baton Rouge with your roll tide license plates, with your little funky Alabama flags on your windows, walking around with your little elephant ears and trunk and all that. (laughs) Go ahead, put it all up. Because ain't none of y'all finna be happy with these eight and nine win seasons with whoever takes over the job. I do not care who's the next coach because he ain't going to be the right coach because he ain't going to be Nick Saban. And that's why nobody wants the job. Dan, you know what? People right now are treating the Alabama job like people treated Lamar Jackson last year when you had an opportunity to trade for him. Everybody was all loud. I don't want the job. I don't want Lamar Jackson. No, we ain't even going to kick the tires. Dan Lanning, he don't want the job. Texas said Steve Sarkeesian, he don't want the job. Nobody wants to go after Steve at the Nick Saban in Alabama. Nobody wants it. And I played in the SEC when Alabama wasn't Bear Bryant's Alabama and it wasn't Nick Saban's Alabama. Y'all think people really want to go to Tuscaloosa? Tuscaloosa ain't cool. I was getting ready to bring that up. To Tuscaloosa, I, I, I was Nick getting ready to bring that up. Saban. I was getting ready to bring that up. LSU. We can't, we can't. 
You hey, can't Steve, hold it against Arkeesian. Steve, now, you don't leave Austin, Texas for Tuscaloosa. No. You don't. No. You don't. You think L'Oreal Sarkeesian want to break out all them fire first lady fits in Tuscaloosa? Nah. No. Nah. nah. So, yeah, Alabama, get ready. <laughs> Eight wins. Seven wins. Uh, so, back to Mike DeBose, Dennis Francione, and Mike Shula. Back to them coaches? Yep. That's back what we to doing? them. Back to them. <laughs> Brody Croyle at quarterback. That's bad. That's bad. Sorry. I don't know where I go That's from bad. there. I'm so freaking Our excited. No more roll. You deserve a rest, Steve Winning by default. Winning by default. Winning by default. LSU, just winning by default. I know. I don't care. Leash honest about it. Leash honest. Leash honest. SEC West, we got you. Go Tigers. Lift every voice and sing. The way that he used his voice in his platform, no matter if it was in the eyes of ridicule or imprisonment or whatever the case was, he he didn't back down from that. So for us, it's inspiration to use our voice and our platform to speak for those that can't speak for themselves um, and to continue the fight that he, he left in our hands.